Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Roto World Football Show. I am Patrick Doherty, joined this Tuesday by Lawrence Jackson, Kyle Dvorak. We'll talk the fallout from an eternally bizarre Monday Night Football series this year. A lot of injuries on Monday evening in Glendale to a lot of key players. Fortunately, some pretty major fantasy fallout. Then, as always, we will get into our toughest rankings for Week 15. We're a totally different player pool. All 32 teams are playing again. Buys are officially over. For the 2022 season but we'll start just with monday night kyler murray uh fantasy superstar at least we've always wanted him to be a fantasy superstar having kind of a strange 2022 now it's over he's out colt mccoy's potato gun is in <laughs> what Kyle, what is the effect going to be on this cardinals passing attack for the final four games yeah i mean this this is not good and i don't think uh like you said kyler murray was not having the year we kind of all expected him to, but this is not going to be good. Colt McCoy has, I'm counting last uh, last night, yeah, last night as a start, he played like 90% of the snaps or something. So including that game in six appearances with the Cardinals over the past two years, has topped 250 passing yards once, has thrown multiple touchdowns once. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine this team is kind of shelling up into the James Conner James Conner based offense that they've been using him as the focal point of their backfield, which we'll get to, but he might just become the focal point of their offense. Maybe they can scheme up some, I mean, they already scheme up low eight out stuff. So maybe this is team. They sort of have appeared to be a little more resistant to their backup quarterback, Colt McCoy coming in, but it's, it's not good. Like I already think this offense was not well run in, in a larger sense. Anyways, now you insert a lesser starting quarterback. I don't think everyone's completely unplayable but the floors is falling out of an already low floor offense on a week-to-week basis yeah lawrence before you jump in there just kind of, i could when you said like you said colt mccoy hasn't exceeded 250 yards in any of what the past two years uh seems like I, 
He's one guy. He throws so many passes that you expect like more production, but it's and they've so won empty. some of those games too. That's yeah. why I was kind of surprised. Is of like if if we had famous memories of Colt McCoy getting trashed in these starts, I would say, oh yeah, it's like it's you know not surprising that he hasn't been productive. But they actually won those games, which maybe that part speaks to the redundancy of the team relative to its quarterback versus backup. But that also uh, speaks to the maybe lower level of production we were getting from Kyler this year. I don't know. I mean. It's not good, even if even if Colt isn't the worst backup. So, Lawrence, I'm assuming you don't have good news. Well, I mean, actually, you know, if we're talking about a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, I actually wouldn't see him like I wouldn't consider this a positive nor a negative for him. It, it, to me, it just it stays the same here. I mean, he's still. You know, the, the the thing is, is can he get touchdowns? But he's always going to get his volume. He still saw 11 targets in that Monday night game, ended up going seven for 79 there. In only two games since he's come back from his suspension, has he seen less than 12 targets in a game? And one of those times, Kyler Murray was the quarterback. And it, it was the game where him, he was like, what you looking at, dog? What you looking at? An iconic oh. Yeah, yeah. It was also oh. the game we had with Marquise Brown return. Right. And it, Marquise Brown, too. Now, he had eight targets last night. The Cardinals, from, from a passing standpoint, for the rest of the season, you could kind of imagine they're going to be in these type of situations where they're going to have to throw. Um, I the, Like Kyle said, the offense overall obviously takes a hit because you're putting in a much lesser quarterback. So their chances to score might dwindle a little bit, but the volume's going to be there. Um, Marquise Brown, I would say, is probably the dude who, you know, you have to look at the matchups the next couple of weeks and see if you want to put him in there. But for Hawkins, he's going to, if all else fails, he's going to demand them targets. <laughs> so that guy is cool. We, we good with that. Yeah. Colt McCoy is probably not unlocking Hollywood Brown down the field <laughs> and probably good for DeAndre Hopkins and Zach Ertz is hurt because Zach Ertz seems like 10 targets from Colt McCoy, like just waiting to happen. It could maybe be a little concerning when Rondale Moore comes back. Like you give a guy like Colt McCoy, yeah. Rondale Moore, and Greg Dortch, like they're almost gonna be like running like the pick and roll together. Like just like could be a lot of targets for a lot of slot dudes. But I think you're I think you're probably right, Lauren. I mean, even last night, yeah, you got to eleven targets, only seventy nine yards on those eleven targets, so kind of a Colt McCoy stat line. Yeah. But yeah. hopefully the volume will at least remain there for DeAndre Hopkins. Um then, man, so the Patriots from Rondre Stevenson. This game, I like, I was trying to put my kids to bed. Like, every two seconds, I was getting a text, like, dude, like, now Rondre Stevenson's hurt. Like, I hadn't even sat down yet, and I lost Kyler Murray in like four leagues where I was trying to make the play. I was going to say, you, you were struggling to put your kids to bed because they were sobbing about the roof being taken <laughs> off their house. I know, I know. It's very cold. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's rainy today. So, it's a dark day for my family. But Ramondre Stevenson, he tried to play through an ankle injury, ultimately departed, I believe, late in the second quarter. Damian Harris remains week to week with a thigh issue. Who, if anyone, are we prioritizing between Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris, or are we just trying to like kind of wait for more information? I'm not sure how much more we're going to get, especially with Bill Belichick infamously. like The information he's going to give us is a grunt. Maybe we'll try and decipher how loud or quiet the grunt was, depending on, oh, is Kevin Harris? Maybe if you ask Kevin Harris first and the grunt's loud, it's good for Kevin Harris. Or if you say, oh, is it 
Pierre Strong or Kevin Harris in the Grand Slam, then it's Pierre Strong. But like, <laughs> we're not we're not getting. I don't think we're getting more information. I mean, I really do think this is going to be a complete enigma. I would have assumed it would be Pierre Strong, but it looked like a true committee in which I believe Kevin Harris was actually the one who led the team in carries. It uh, like. I think the more interesting thing is not the backfield as much as last night was this team's highest pass rate over expected at 9% of the entire season. And they didn't even, I don't believe had Jacoby Myers, correct? So I, did like, not. if you're going to tell me that they lost Damian Harris before the game, then they lose Ramondre early and we see a high pass rate from this team. I mean, I think uh, Mac Jones threw like 35 times yep. in a game where it wasn't like they were trailing. They weren't playing catch up. They, they trailed for a handful of minutes and it never went more than a six point deficit. So not even the full touchdown. I think maybe this actually, and they get to play the Raiders next week, which is why I really care about this. I was this. just looking up who they're playing. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's why I was really curious. If you tell me they're playing a better defense, I, I don't care how many Mac Jones dropbacks we get. I'm not that excited. If they are kind of forcing forcing themselves or the injuries are forcing them to rely on Mac Jones, normally I would say that's not great. But versus the Raiders, I love that. I'd actually be very interested in some of the pass catchers, or even just streaming Mac Jones if, say, you lost Kyler. Yeah, Lawrence, do you like Pierre Strong or Kevin Harris? Um, no, not really. <laughs> um, it look, and matter of fact, I think Bill Belichick might be calling up Legarrette Blunt today. To, uh, come back. <laughs> to really, who's on their practice squad? They have to have somebody that he wants to elevate over these. Here's Jonas Grace available still. <laughs> He'll come out real quick, run for two hundred yards, and then, and then, uh, there you go. What's interesting about what you said, Kyle, about them. Uh, doing the passing game thing, right? They actually attempted to throw the ball deep to Tyquan Thornton when they were up two touchdowns late in the game. Me personally, um, that could have ruined my playoff hopes because I ended up winning my super flex match by five points going against Mac Jones. So if he would have, uh, if he would have completed that, I'd have been done for. But it is interesting that. You don't really see that from the Patriots offense too much when they got the lead in hand. I think they was just trying to, like, catch him off guard real quick. It was a first down play, so it'll definitely be interesting to see how they approach things uh, against the Raiders in Week 15. Pierre Strong, Kyle, I guess, kind of had the reputation coming out of the draft as, like, the more versatile, the more explosive Mm -hmm. player than Kevin Harris. And maybe showed, like, a little more last – well, not like he had a 44-yard run. He did show – uh, kind of a lot more, two catches for 20 yards. He, he, he'd be who I would prioritize in the waiver waiver wire. But, I mean, Damian Harris was doubtful uh, for week 14, so he wasn't, like, immediately ruled out on Saturday. He could be coming back against the Raiders. I mean, uh, Ramondre Stevenson tried to play through the injury, so maybe it's not, like, super, super serious. Um, it's just – it seems like I – mean, I guess you probably don't have much fab money left anyway, and it's a really, really bad week on the waiver wire. So you can probably take shots on both of them, but also just like really temper your expectations for both of them because uh, might not they might not, either one of them might get zero carries in week fifteen. So it could be you never I mean, know with these carnival guys. of sadness. They were terrified of giving these guys carries whenever Damian Harris went out. Like Ramondre had not been a three down back up until this point in the NFL, and Damian Harris goes out instead of backfilling him and doing a committee that Bill Belichick has done a committee for the entirety of my adult life. He said, "No, Ramondre." 
25 touches, 98% snaps. Kevin Harrison, Pierre Strong, you are not seeing the field. So that really does make me believe. Like, That's a really good point. <laughs> he would rather lean on, on uh, you know, potato gun Mac Jones, Colt McCoy <laughs> East, than try and run it with his running back. Colt McCoy yeah. East. Oh, my gosh, man. Come on. <laughs> than try and run it with That's, so that's a good little comparison. Yeah, that is actually a pretty good comparison. Man, that's it. Mac is – he's a rough watch, man. Uh, he's so inflexible. Like, I feel like I've never seen a less yeah, he, 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 It's his throwing form. He kind of throw it like yeah. – I mean, it get there. It, the ball get there, okay. but it's like, uh, it's like, it's like his whole upper body can only move as one. Like he can't move individual parts of his upper body, except when he's doing the gritty. Then, yeah. oh, oh, what's God. the um, did he really whatever pop, his version of it? Did he really pop the gritty? gritty? Oh my God, he did it in the Pro Bowl last year. Oh, and it is, you know, it wasn't Justin Jefferson, but it wasn't Mike Jacecki either. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Uh, It's like the the I think it was like the Tim Burton Batman outfit where he can't move his neck because it's like just hard plastic. (laughs) So he's just forced to rotate his whole waist whenever he you know talks to another character. Except in this case, it's Mac Jones forced to rotate his whole body when he wants to get to the second read in his progression. Yeah, the Patriots make everything too complicated. Offense, maybe take Mac Jones out of the Tim Burton Tim Burton Batman costume Uh, might be a more effective quarterback. Kyle, we'll segue into running back. We're kind of while sticking with this game because the running back you were having trouble ranking this week was James Conner, uh, RB4 and RB6 over the past two Cardinals games. One of those was with Kyler Murray, and then last night, of course, with Colt McCoy. But it seems like maybe even before the injury, they were trying going to maybe put the offense on his back. And, you know, even though all 32 teams are active this week, it, he kind of feels like an RB1. Am I wrong? No, I was struggling with how high can I push him because his role, I mean, it's, it's kind of second to none right now in terms of running backs, at least in terms of his share of the backfield, his snaps since he returned from, I believe, his rib injury in week nine. It's been five games ago. He has had snap shares at his lowest of 71 and 77, I believe, percent. Three games over 90 percent. He leads all running backs since returning from the rib injury in percent of backfield carries. They are not giving any other running back carries nor snaps and he's running the bulk of the routes obviously if you're going to be on 90 percent of snaps you're going to run the routes too so he's you know he's not getting he's not getting a ton of work in the sense of he's not derrick henry 25 carries and he's not christian mccaffrey eight or nine targets but as a cut of the backfield he like is those running backs he's, he's like better than than derrick henry is in terms of the route share and he's better than mccaffrey is in terms of the carry share it's just a matter of you know how we feel about his talent and how we feel about the offense almost more importantly really as it heads into the final, you know, the next Colt McCoy era, hopefully the final <laughs> Colt McCoy era. But uh, yeah, running back one, I easily am going to have him top 12. It's really, do I push him that like Joe Mixon tier, right? Seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. I have him as the RB 10 right now. Lawrence, what are your thoughts on James Conner? Dang it. Am I, am I off or some? Cause I got a mad running back 16. Am I, am, I mean, you gotta go back to the drawing board. <laughs> so um, yeah, they, they, I mean the, uh, the share that he's going to get of the backfield that he has been getting. That's, that's something hard to argue. Uh, I, I didn't even realize, but now that every back is, uh, every back is back. Every player is back. Um, I'm, I'm just looking at some names like ETN. I actually got Zonovan Knight in that 14, 15 range with Aaron Jones. And then, uh, yeah, yeah I guess the Lions, he's ready to go. Um, I mean, you could, I can't I can't argue with the fact that they'll lean on James Conner, especially now with uh, no Kyler Murray. 
Um, no Kyler Murray to take, you know, some of the rushing yards away from him. Colt McCoy is certainly not going to do that. Um, but just because of some of the other players that are there and it's not well, it's not like Denver is, is some they're, they're not slouches on on defense. The Chiefs were very successful far from a scoring standpoint, but that was Jared McKinnon going for 100 yards receiving, you know. So, I mean, is James kind of going to get it that way? He's, he's kind of getting it every way right now. And the Broncos, they're elite through the air, a little more vulnerable on the ground. It's just, yeah, the usage has just been insane for Connor. Uh, like, it's almost – he's almost like Alvin Kamara type usage. Kind of like – Honestly, like how Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, Ramondre is like a good comp. He's not seeing as many like Ramondre was Ramondre was actually like Alvin Kamara plus more carries. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like Dalvin Cook plus, I'd say, in terms of usage. And, and I heard you're having trouble ranking Dalvin Cook. I'm going to actually ask you about Dalvin Cook real quick. But I mean, Lawrence, James Conner against the Broncos or Aaron Jones against the Rams? Oh, man. This is easy for me. <laughs> I know it is for you. It ain't for me. But I, it's, let's see. What did the – Jimmy. Come on, Jimmy. Give, give, me, give, give, me, give me Aaron Jones. That's how I, you know. I do have him back Aaron to back. Jones. I have Jimmy in one spot ahead of Aaron Jones. James Conner or Miles Sanders? Miles hey. Sanders. James. Miles Sanders is playing the Bears. Yeah, uh, give me Miles Sanders. Maybe Miles. Maybe, maybe Miles. Yeah, James Conner at the Denver Broncos, Ezekiel Elliott versus the Jackson Jacksonville Jaguars. James, James, Jameson. Right, now, now you might have me. I got James. I, I got him at 15 and 16, but I, I'll, I'll go James there. He has the whole – I mean, he's he coming off a seven-target game, which I just now realized – yeah, Lawrence, I think you might you might be reevaluating. You might you're gonna come I'm back. Gonna be re-evaluating. You're gonna text Kyle and I later. They got him up to RB eight now, guys. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, yeah, I mean, you mentioned Dalvin Cook. We can t- touch on him like briefly because uh, yeah, he's just not having an inspiring year. Like he's just having a very 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 strange year. Had a very unproductive week fourteen and a pretty bad uh, Vikings loss and what. Well, should have been a really good scoring environment for the Vikings. He did he did find the end zone for the second straight game, but what are your thoughts on Dalvin Cook? Yeah, at first I was like just kind of digging on into its surface level was pretty down on Dalvin Cook coming off of the uh, the 15 carry, 23 yard. Those two numbers far too similar for my liking, but one touchdown performance and the the more concerning part is that he really hasn't been catching many passes and he really hasn't been doing anything with the passes he has been catching for weeks and weeks and weeks now i mean he doesn't have a game over 30 receiving yards the whole season he doesn't have a game over 30 receiving yards he has three games of four plus catches but only valuable in the sense of there were some ppr points but he's been scoring a lot of touchdowns to save the otherwise lackluster performances. So I was like, oh, touchdown dependent RB2 type. But last week he dominated the carries still. We didn't see Alexander Madison. I think he got two carries, didn't get a target. And most importantly, I wouldn't like, I did kind of think maybe he's just kind of lost a step, but he is still above. He's not maybe elite, but he has still been well above average in yards after contact per attempt, above average in missed tackles force per attempt. So it doesn't seem like he's fallen off the map in terms of physical abilities either. So I do kind of think sort of like Saquon Barkley, but he's not as talented in the sense of Dalvin Cook is a boom bust runner. Like he will have like 
in the past two years, he's had games in each of the past two seasons with 200 yards. He hasn't had that yet, but if he has one of those, we we talk about the season entirely differently, right? We we talk about the highs and not the lows. So I'm I, I pulled back on my pessimism a little bit. I, I'm still going to have him ranked as an RB one, whereas like. His performances outside of the touchdowns do not look anything like RB1 numbers, but he is getting the touchdowns, first of all. Second of all, he, he doesn't look like he's breaking down by any means. So I'm, I'm still calling him RB1. I'm not I'm not terrified. I'm a little concerned, but not terrified. Yeah, I still have him ranked as a low-end RB1, and we'll get to Saquon Barkley in a minute. You're talking about a guy who's disappointing in the receiving production department. Yeah. Lawrence, who are you having trouble ranking this week? Uh, J.K. Dobbins, man, and it, it, it might seem like it's easy to it might seem like it's easy to rank him now, but you really got to consider some things. I mean, the forty-four yard run that he had in, in week fourteen, it was nice. It was nice to you know get those points. It was nice. He had other good runs too. Nice that he got in the end zone. In fact, their running game is pretty much why they was able to win that game. The thing about it in week uh, 15 against the Browns, we know you can run against the Browns, right? Um, the thing is, what's the quarterback situation going to be there? Is it going to be Tyler Huntley? Is it going to be the rookie, Anthony Brown? Is that offense going to be able to move, period? Um, so you like the matchup and you like what the Ravens do coming into the matchup. But honestly, man... Um, and I'm a guy who like when when guys are coming back from injury, it's I'm always against the crowd because the crowd's always trying to say, well, we don't know if he's healthy or this or that. I don't know if J.K. Dobbins. That's listen. All you have to do is watch Ohio State highlights or rookie highlights, and those runs do not look like that 44 yard run. That no. he had, that was and that's scary. Ugly looking run, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like no. he, like he houses that run. His rookie year, he Easily. housed that run. So it's like, but they giving him the carries. Like it don't seem like he in pain or anything, you know. So that it, it's 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 quite confusing uh, to for me to where I'm on rank them this week. But based on the the usage and how they immediately made him the guy. Like, I have him at an RB2 right now. I got him right outside the RB2. And Denny and I were talking about this on Monday's podcast. I mean, without exaggerating, you could see him dragging his left leg on that run. Like, just – it was kind of, like, as concerning, like, as a highlight could be, <laughs> yeah. you know? But like, like Lauren said, he must not be in any, in, in any pain. And it's a good sign that they did immediately recommit to him for 15 carries. But yeah, I mean, we're seeing why they've been so deliberate with his return timelines and why they just keep giving him more time, more time. Cause he just doesn't look like JK Dobbins looked like coming out of college and maybe hopefully he can get somewhere closer to his pre-injury form this off season. Kyle, where do you think you'll have, I have his RB 26 right now. So, I mean, I'm giving him some respect with the whole player pool out there, but I've got, I've got him one spot ahead of, of cam acres right now. Let's put it that way. I think I would take Cam Akers over him, but I think that's the right zone to have him in. Like, I do think you'd be splitting hairs-ish. It's like, you know, Cam Akers probably has a better role than J.K. Dobbins, but J.K. Dobbins definitely plays for a better offense. And the matchup is great. Like, it's the the last-ranked defense by EPA per rush allowed. One of the bottom five defenses in terms of fantasy points allowed to running backs. 
and the fact that the Browns offense isn't getting anything going could mean that we get more of even if it's like even if it's not Tyler Huntley, it could at least mean that this game is competitive from a points sense, maybe not in the most exciting way, but just from the Ravens getting to keep the ball and, and just grind out possession after possession. So, yeah. I think I'd still take him makers over over. I'm going to ask you guys two more of these. And I feel mm-hmm. like these are kind of diabolical ones. Uh, <laughs> JK Dobbins at the Cleveland Browns or Deandre Swift at the New York Jets. Lawrence Dobbins. Oh, Dobbins. Cause that, that just, that oh, we, what he did just threw me. I was ready to go with Deandre Swift. I'm like, yeah, he back 18 touches in week 13. He back. He ain't back, or they ain't letting him be back. The so canary in the coal mine. He got a limited practice on oh, Wednesday, no. and it was never going back. We were never getting it again. I was like, surely they're just giving him a little, getting him off his feet a little bit after he had 18 touches. And, and they still are. Yeah. 18 <laughs> touches, that's nothing. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not pulling the plug just yet. J.K. Dobbins or Leonard Fournette against the Cincinnati Bengals? Dobbins. Dobbins, too. Fine. Okay, I'll do one more. J.K. Dobbins or Raheem Mostert against the Bills. Jeff Wilson was, of course, carted in week 14. Um, Definitely. Well, Mostert. Not, Moster. not definitely. Because there's no Jeff Wilson and we don't expect him to play, yeah. I'll go Mostert. I actually might have to get Mostert higher. I only have him as the RB29 right now, which does seem very low. Uh, back-to-back pretty poor performances for the Dolphins offense. Now they're facing another elite defense, but yeah. – should probably get Mustard higher. See, I, t- I've, I alluded to, I'm having trouble ranking, ranking Saquon Barkley because obviously seems like he's kind of running out of gas as a runner, which isn't like hugely surprising, I guess. Uh, but he's I'm just so shocked by the lack of receiving production. He's cleared 40 yards. Uh, he's only cleared 40 yards rushing one time in the past four weeks. He has 81 total receiving yards over his past six games. Just like – considering what the Giants are dealing with at receiver and considering what we know Saquon Barkley can do as a receiver, just shockingly little passing production. And I just don't, I don't really get it. And I mean, we know like those pop-up efforts, those spiked weeks are in there somewhere for Saquon, but I have them outside the top 12 this week for the first time all year, obviously. So so you there's some pushback on that. What's the pushback? I think I agree the the receiving production is like somewhere between frustrating and concerning, uh, maybe leading towards concerning. But to me, the rushing, the lack of rushing production, like I, I don't really care. That is literally what Saquon Barkley is famous for is not rushing well in a few games and then going for 180 the next game. Like that is just how flipping the Saquon Barkley coin works. You come up tail sometimes and he just gets stuffed every time as he looks for the wrong, the long run. And yeah, then what you got against you tails, up- man. I, I actually always choose tails. I think it's, I think it's the optimal move, but uh, tails never fails. I always choose heads though, but continue. And then, and then every three, four weeks, sometimes more often, sometimes left less often. It's just how the Saquon Barkley coin flip cuts is that you go nuts and then sometimes you don't. So I'm not concerned about his rushing. I don't think he's slowing down at all, really. Uh, the receiving production, though, you, whew, we'd love to get those numbers up. I, do, I just don't get it. They have no receivers. But he, what's your pushback, Lawrence? I mean, Saquon, he himself is fine. This is what I wish would happen. As good a coach as Brian Dable is, I, and, and, you know, they're obviously been trying to protect their quarterback this whole season. They should take a little page out of the Chargers playbook from Sunday night. That's the exact same way that 
the Giants should be running their offense, and they've done it in the past. I don't know. Like Austin Eckler never has good rushing games. Never. No. He, he's always – You know what I'm saying? But he's always scoring a lot of touchdowns. He always has the ball in his hand because they're going to manufacture him touches out of the backfield. He's always upward towards seven, eight targets, no matter what, just to get the ball. Like, do that with Saquon. Fake the run. Use the bootleg. Like, again, they've done it. But just for the sake of getting it in Saquon's hands, man, just like give him more than nine carries. Give him more than three targets. Like, do you want to win the game? Apparently not. <laughs> so you guys think I need him back in the top twelve, huh? You can play the rankings game, but I I think top putting him outside of top twelve feels like nuts to me. Well, I, was, I mean, man, I don't know. Really? Wow, this is tough, man. Do you have Saquon ahead of Aaron Jones still? Yes, I do. I got him. Miles Sanders still. Yes. Okay, I gotta get Zeke behind him. I'll admit that. Obviously. Uh, I'll admit that. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco at the Houston Texans or Saquon Barkley? They still give me Saquon. Saquon. I get what you're saying, but Saquon. Travis Etienne versus the Cowboys or Saquon? Saquon. Saquon. This is ridiculous. I actually, there's a lot of really tough, right? I I guess it's because the full player pool is back. It took me like a lot longer than usual to do my initial run through on Tuesday morning. No, it's crazy about the rankings. The first couple of weeks of the season, we don't really think about that as all of the, like we got every single player the first five weeks, right? Mm -hmm. Then we start getting these buys here and there, but then we get to the point again where we get all the players back and it's like, what the hell? We don't even know what to do now. Where all these players come from? I know 32 teams playing in week 15 hits so much worse than it does in week <laughs> one and two. Does it ever, man? I, I'm not recovered from having to do this. Uh, gonna be a long week, and it's not gonna be a long show. We'll be right back after this. Uh, well, what a horrible transition! We'll, we'll be right back after this. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin and pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football, on the PGA Tour, and in the World Cup. There's also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Giants and Commanders in our Sunday night seven contest. And don't forget, 
Download the Roto-World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. Lawrence, who are we having trouble ranking a wide receiver? Tyler Lockett. You know. For his whole career, not just this week. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, It seems like, you know, he always kind of, you know, gets counted out just a little bit even especially when it comes to July and August and then boom, he has another uh, good season. The thing about it this week is I'm a little concerned about, you know, how the Seahawks offense looked against the Panthers and now they're facing the Niners. And again, Tyler Lockett was still, he was still able to do his thing, but like that was against the Panthers it'll be just a little bit tougher against these here 49ers. And again, you know, his t- the touchdown he caught in week 14, the toe-tap drill kind of saved his his fantasy day. Uh, other than that, it was five catches for 60 yards. So going against this top-tier defense that has been completely shutting teams down. They did it to the Dolphins. They did it to the GOAT. So, I mean, it's – he can obviously do it to Geno and that Seahawks offense. So that'll leave me, you know, a little bit more confusing. And do I rank him ahead of DK? That's another thing. Yeah, man, DK versus Lockett is always weird. And I simply, I simply won't. No matter how many touchdowns Tyler Lockett scores, you know, he's going to have 16 at the end of the year and DK will have six. And uh, I'll just keep <laughs> doing what I'm doing, right? Yeah, same, same. <laughs> he, he has touchdowns in six consecutive games, I believe. Uh and DK DK has like two touchdowns or maybe three over that span. So it's not like he's completely shutting DK out of the scoring metrics, but could we get DK some t- like more touchdowns? I know he has some, but DK has been more. seeing really good volume. Actually, he, he sees has, more volume than Tyler Lockett. He scores like half the touchdown. He has 43 targets over his past four games. DK Metcalf. Um, I feel like the Lockett concern this week is more about Geno Smith against the 49ers than it is about, than it is about Lockett himself. And, because we've seen the Geno coaster kind of going south a little bit. Yeah, it ebbs and, and flows. He's finally getting like overexposed a bit, where he's just like the classic. He's like the classic quarterback where you understand why you're trying to limit his attempts. Actually, like keep him within himself, make it so he doesn't have to put the whole team on his back. And but they he has to put the whole team on his back because the defense is bad and the running game is just gutted by injury. Oh yeah, we're kind of seeing why Geno doesn't throw forty balls a game. Is what I what I feel like because if he if he in the muddy pocket he just he makes mistakes and gonna be a lot of really bad pockets against the 49ers. But I still have Tyler Lockett safely in the top twenty. Lawrence, I mean, do you um, do we still have him in the top eighteen? I still have him in the top eighteen. I think I have him as the wide receiver eighteen. I, I put him right inside the top twenty because how can you not? Like yeah. as I'm doing it and I'm seeing all the receivers there, it's just like. Okay, even though, you know, the Colts are going up against the Vikings who just gave up everything to the uh, the Lions, like I still have to have Lockett in there because he's undeniable. Kyle mentioned it, a touchdown in six straight games. That's not a mistake. Geno, you know, looks for this guy in the red area and for good reason. So, yeah, definitely inside the top 20. But it's like some weeks – like some weeks, Tyler Lockett, there's times when you should probably be making him a top 10 receiver, but we never going to do it. Kyle, who are you having trouble ranking this week? Jalen Waddle, And it's not as uh, 
exciting as Tyler Lockett. Well, Tyler Lockett's like a really good number two. He scores a lot of touchdowns. I think Waddle's a really good number two, but he's not scoring a ton. And early in the season, it really looked like there was potential for a 1A, 1B situation where either week it could be either guy. That's just, that's miles in the rear view at this point. It's so clearly Tyreek Hill. Not only is this team's number one receiver, but he's the one who they're like moving around the formation, trying to scheme up targets for. And Jalen Waddle's just kind of left out to dry. And he still gets there. Sometimes, I was going to say plenty of times, it doesn't feel like plenty of times anymore. And uh, we've only seen Jalen Waddle out-target Tyreek Hill in three games this year. Uh, after a string of so-so performances, he's fallen to the wide receiver 31 in target share. I don't, I don't want to rank him as a wide receiver three, but his target share is that of a wide receiver three. His fantasy production is in the past few weeks. I don't even know if it's wide receiver three numbers. I'm still going to have him there. Because uh, I still believe in this offense. I'm not too shaken by a few bad performances by Tua and the entire offense. But I'd feel better if they weren't coming off bad performances. I'd feel better if Waddle had done much recently. So I, I still think I still think he's top 24. He's still top 20. He's, is he yeah, yeah. he is for sure. I mean, partly, I think he it must be dealing with like a horrible leg bruise. Again, to be listed with the <laughs> fibula. Uh, five five or fewer targets in three of his past four games. I mean, that is weird and concerning. I mean, he's had a concerning amount of just five target games all year, as you right? kind of alluded to. Um, and this, the Dolphins not running very pure right now, but and the upside, he has a reasonable floor. He, he's had a yardage floor at least all season, despite kind of like the, the concerning target share. Mostly, like you yeah. said, Kyle. But then I – mean, uh, obviously, he's the number two receiver in this offense. He maintains a super high w- weekly ceiling, so I think you got to keep running. I think you got to keep running him out there, probably even in the top twenty, not just the top twenty-four. All right, but, fair enough. Um, but where where would you guys rank T. Higgins if you were told he's going to play this week? Uh, uh, oh. Well, I, I you know I <laughs> the last always, time I was told he was going to play, he played one snap. Yeah, I've always ranked him in the top twelve. I'm not doing that this week. Agreed. Because even if he do play, it's just like you, you know he could, you know what he could do. You know he could have one of those. Uh, he's almost he like a better version of Gabe Davis. So almost. much better, dude. Oh my god! It, it, oh, come on, man. What do you mean? Come on! Don't I mean, come I'm on just me. <laughs> say we don't slander Gabe Davis. But it, no, it, no, you can I, praise T Higgins. You don't slander Gabe though. I had to I have to slander or use Gabe Davis as an example because T. Higgins kind of does this. Like he had the hundred a couple hundred yard games a couple of weeks ago, but then uh week 13, right? He did score a touchdown, but it was on three catches for 35 yards. You know, this time he doesn't play. When Jamar Chase is there, he's always going to get his number. This is another situation that coming into the season. I saw it as, you know, it could be not a 1A, 1B type of situation because Jamar Chase is so good, but this no, this would be the, the best number two receiver by far in the league. It's just not happening on a week-to-week basis, and he's probably on a, you know, whole season scale probably being more inconsistent than the Jalen Waddle. But I'll have him ranked higher than Jalen Waddle because – they're not playing against the Bills this week. So there you go. It's also probably displayed an overall higher ceiling than Jalen Waddell. Um, yeah. It's a crazy week of receiver. A lot of really like, is Mike Williams a wide receiver one? Not what? No. No, why Ooh. would he? 
No, I think he is actually. Um, do you know who they're playing? I I don't I don't care. They're, they're playing the Tennessee Titans, Kyle. That's that's a great matchup. That's a great matchup. Playing the Tennessee Titans. I, I got him at fourteen. I got Keenan Allen as a wide receiver one zero. Yeah, that's. I mean, didn't Keenan see like fourteen targets last week? Mike yeah, a lot of targets. Five. He didn't get the big 55-yard reception in like Mike Williams did, and he probably won't, but you could count on those targets. You got them count both. on those receptions. We got them both in the top 15 right now. Do you have Mike ahead of Keenan? Say that again? Do you have Mike Williams ahead of Keenan? I do. Just I think uh, I'll have a pretty high floor this week. And as you guys I do love Mike. To, like, I'm a fan of Mike. He has a high Mike. floor, and I mean, I think – Obviously, no one will debate he has a higher ceiling than Keenan Allen. Yeah. And it's a ceiling. Know, yard league, 14, 15 targets is a high ceiling. Yeah, well, no, it's wouldn't. a ceiling type matchup, though, for like a downfield receiver. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of. So, like Devontae Smith, I feel like I have to keep getting higher and higher in the rankings. Uh, I mean, Garrett Wilson, you got to keep getting higher and higher in the rankings. Who do you have to get lower? Uh, no one. Uh, I mean, Chris Godwin, I had to get lower this week. I mean, you know, we kind of talked about it. We talked about Waddle, who like, Seven weeks. It's been a while. Probably like, Christian Kurt. Yeah. Kirk yeah. Waddle, Kirk. I mean, T, like, obviously, we have to bake in just so much floor risk for T. So we didn't talk about some guys you have to get lower. So a guy we have to get lower, higher, I really do not know is Amari Cooper. He's the one who I'm having trouble ranking. I was the wide receiver 24 right now. Just is not connecting with Deshaun Watson at the moment through two games, only six catches for 82 yards. Has drawn 16 targets. I mean, Watson has spiked Donovan Peoples-Jones in week 14. He spiked David and Joku. Mari Cooper's been feast or famine all year. Do you think wide receiver 24 is too low, uh, or does that sound about right? I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I would If I wasn't so concerned about Watson, I would have him a decent bit higher because his market share numbers have been really strong. And, he I mean, he's posted four, I think, 100-yard games. He has something like six or seven touchdowns, seven touchdowns. He's clearly the team's wide receiver one, but with Watson, that does not appear to be as valuable as it was with Jacoby Brissett. Who would have guessed? But uh, I, I don't know. I, I think it's fine to have him ranked there. I may have him ranked a little higher, but if if you want to be concerned about the way this offense has looked, which you probably should be, you can definitely push him back down the rankings. I got him a little higher, twenty one. Not nothing too crazy. Um, I was looking at the over under for that game two thirty seven and a half. That also. Had that for real? Yeah, yeah, I was about to pull it up too because that's such a good point. Yeah, that also had me push uh push him outside the top twenty. So uh probably it, I mean look you got Nick Chubb on one side and then you got J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards on the other side. You know what time you know what type of game this is going to be, and that's why that over under is, is so low. Thirty-seven and a half is not even the lowest total of the week so far. What uh, is the lowest total? Who's Denver Car- play? Cardinals Broncos. Yeah, it's oh, a couple. Right. It's Currently, a couple of those under. It's like three games under. There's three 40. under forty. Cardinals Broncos are at thirty-six and a half. Wow, man, oh man, it's man. It's a, there's a lot of really interesting names receivers. Jerry Judy, Christian Watson. What do you do with Brandon Ayuk with no Debo Samuel with 49ers quarterback injury concerns? What do you even do with Chris Olave? Drake London's got a new quarterback. It's a crazy week at receiver. There's a lot of really, really tough decisions. Um, we're ranking Drake London low. I'm going to rank Chris Olave higher than you will. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to slurp on that Mountain Dew and 
keep boosting Christian Watson up. I think that covers like most of the things you said. The Baja Blast. So do you have Chris Olave in the top 24? I have his wide receiver 25. Top 24? He's like one of the most targeted receivers in the NFL. But so is I'm telling you, man, wait, it's congested, just like I am after having the flu. Um, it's I, I should probably put Falcons players in my rankings for some reason. That's the one team no, I no rank them. No <laughs> this is this is insane. Guess the last time Chris Olave went under 40 yards. We talk about this waddle floor. No, he's a really high floor and he pretty consistent targets too, but there's just no ceiling right now with Andy Dalton at all. Uh-huh. I mean, I think he's got he's got two 100 yard games with Andy Dalton. I get it's not like every single week, but no, go ahead. Guess have you already you've probably already looked it up. What do you think the last time he went under 40 yards was? It's it's probably like honestly like week four. Got to go back to when he played at Ohio State. Wow, all right, that's pretty cool. <laughs> pretty great. <laughs> I mean, it's like cool. Amari Cooper, Christian Kirk, Brandon Ayuk, Jerry Judy, Christian Watson, Tyler Lockett. It's just a I, lot going on here. I think I'd put him over all of them. Like, I know I would, in fact. I don't know, man. Because I just those a lot of those guys have ceilings. He does not. And the, a lot of them have similar floors, too. Uh, I don't know. The, me, the, the 40-something percent air yard share guy, I like that guy's ceiling. Yeah, I've got a lot of work to do in the ranks this week. It's it's seriously, it's a, it's a maze out there. Uh, quarterback, we've got a lot of injury c- concerns. We're, we're two of the guys who would be kind of like, like the like streamer hype would be Mike White and Brock Purdy. Both are banged up. Mike White claims he's going to play through his rib injury. Uh, like, man, he got laid low. <laughs> I don't know how he's going to play, but he claims he's going to, and he's got a really good matchup in the Detroit Lions. Where should we be ranking Mike White? I mean, dude, if he plays, obviously that is the matchup of all matchups. I think uh, like Twitter has dubbed that the Coors Field of fantasy football, which for a <laughs> while was the Saints. Saints were the, the original Coors Field of fantasy because, uh, I mean, for a while they had terrible defenses, but then Drew Brees. That's kind of the exact same setup, and it's indoors, and I believe Ford Field is indoors as well. No, um, no, Kyle, it's not. No. Oh, is that out? Oh, why it's outdoors. It? It's because the altitude is at 5,280 feet. Um, is the differentiating um, factor for course. Yeah, the, the the Jets are home. Oh yeah, never mind. Oh, it's, and it's, and it's, it's gonna be thirty five degrees that day. Ugh. Not in Coors Field. Sorry. I also think uh, Coors Field in this sense is more of the matchup with a terrible Lions defense. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, a Lions yeah. off. I mean, that's really what it matters. Like Coors Field and baseball is so much different because it literally just is altitude and dinger based. Whereas this one is terrible defense. This one's a mindset. Yeah. <laughs> I think a little more than the mindset, but it's a terrible defense in the lines. I mean, they're like 31st in EPA per drop back allowed, but also near dead last in rush EPA allowed. But their offense, it's really good. So it's the perfect spot for back and forth matchups. Uh, but you you pointed out Mike White got rocked repeatedly. I don't know why he's trying to play. <laughs> like, this man's career is on the line here. It is, but so is his spleen. Like, uh, <laughs> look, all right, the things you got to give up. It's true. The glory, you got to give it up for the glory, baby. Because <laughs> like, if I knew he were healthy, I would honestly have him ranked as probably the QB eleven or twelve overall. I was gonna say thirteen or fourteen. So we're I, I got him at there. I got him at thirteen. Just assuming he gonna play. I may or may not have him at QB twelve. Uh, so let me let me propose this to you guys. Say he does end up getting ruled out. Where do we rank Joe Flacco? About, Same. I kind of. I, I think I'd rank Joe Flacco. Did he, he throw for four hundred yards this year in a game or something? 
He threw, I knew he had, I knew he was 38 of 52 for a lot of yards and a lot of picks. I think he might have had like 50. I think he almost got to 60. Yeah, it was 52 attempts. Uh, didn't, didn't, he didn't get close to 400 yards, but he had three straight 285 yard games to begin the year, uh, Mr. Joey Bass. Uh, and well, then 52 attempts is way too many attempts to not be thrown for 300 yards. <laughs> it is weird. Like, if the Jets actually contain the Lions' offense, which they could, I mean, they basically contain the Bills' offense. Like, I feel like they could probably That's fair. contain Jared Goff. But I don't know, man. Everywhere the Lions go, it does seem to just turn into some high volume. Like, uh, this is different than the Bills. Or, uh, I just I mean, wish like I Lions knew. Lions have really good speed on the outside, a really strong looking offensive line. I know the metrics are like kind of mixed on how their offensive line is. They look pretty good to me. But, uh, and like really good running backs, too. So, and, and like I said, terrible defense. So, yeah, I agree. Mike White, even with the concerns, I'm ranking him as like 13, 14. I think Joe Flacco would go a little lower. But even with the concerns, yeah. Mike White against the Lions or Geno Smith against the 49ers? Mm, I'll go Mike White. Mike, Mike, Mike White, Mike White, or his counterpart Jared Goff. Goff, it's such a not great defensive matchup versus the Jets, but I think I'll go Goff. Too. I did go White, but that's fine. White or Deshaun Watson against the Ravens. Oh, fire up Mike, baby! Yeah, <laughs> Browns are going to run the ball thirty-six times, and that's if the offense goes well. <clears throat> that's the well, upside. Yeah, White or Aaron Rodgers against the Rams. White, I'm not playing Rodgers. I will say <laughs> all of my all of my Mountain Dew talk uh, has been how great Christian Watson has looked, and that he he won't keep scoring at this rate, but he probably will keep scoring to some extent more than most players. He gets lots of red zone targets, end zone targets, and air yards. Perfect combination for scoring. That has also made the offense look better. Like they needed this kind of player, so I should maybe give Rodgers a little credit. But playing him over Mike White, that's too much credit. And Rogers maybe needed a bye week more than like any player in the NFL. Yeah. And did, <laughs> did finally get the bye week to heal up his very, I mean, he, he was Mike White before Mike White was where he got his midsection just like obliterated. Um, so he'll probably be a lot healthier. Then I don't know what to do with Brock Purdy, who is facing the Seattle Seahawks, who have just become a really, really good matchup. But I, maybe we, Brock Purdy's probably still really. He's not enough of a concern to really, I guess, have a rankings debate over, though, is he? he Would you have him in the top like, 20? Yeah. Yeah, probably. I mean, the offense is, like, perfect for backup quarterbacks coming. I mean, it literally has been the, like, best offense for backup quarterback efficiency over the past four or five years. So 20 out of 32 seems fair. Lawrence, what are your Purdy thoughts? I mean, I'll take that 215 yards and two touchdowns. And, you know, I'll, I'll take that. That's that's definitely top 20. That's a top 20 play. I do wonder, his fortunes changed probably fairly dramatically without Debo Samuel. 20, uh, boom. I got him at 19. I just looked. I got him at 19. I was the QB 21 right now. I have him one spot behind Russell Wilson, who might not play with a concussion. I'm not playing Russell Wilson. <laughs> I mean, hey, Russ, isn't, didn't you just Russ say that's like the lowest He's week. back. Well, uh, Kyle, that total might reflect uncertainty over whether Russell Wilson is playing. Uh, or or actually, the Russ. total might go down. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Hard. I get that he, what, he tossed three touchdowns last week. He tossed a fourth one. It just went to the other team. He, like, <laughs> playing with urgency. He knows he needs to beat 12 touchdowns. He's playing with a sense of urgency. 
And he's not going to finish with more toilets than touchdowns. He's just not going to do it. That's not what Russell Wilson does. Uh, Brock Purdy against the Seahawks or Daniel Jones against the Commanders? I'll go Danny Dimes. He just runs so much. It's like free QB, like 20 as his floor almost, even when he's terrible. Purdy. All right. If Tyler Huntley plays through his concussion, Tyler Huntley against the Browns or Purdy against the Seahawks? I have Huntley Me two spots ahead of Purdy, and it's close. Like, that one is tough. Huntley's also just the rushing. Like, I'm not sure how much faith I have in the Ravens' offense with Tyler Huntley, but like, like uh, you know, Denny had pointed out in his waiver wire article, he averages nearly 10 carries a game. That's so much. That is a lot. Yeah, I'm going to have to get him. I only have him as the QB 22, right? I'm going to have to get him higher. Good. That's... I guess that was maybe an injury hedge, but that is way too low for someone who runs that. There's so many head injuries. Is we Kenny Pickett also concussed? A lot, a lot of head injury concerns at quarterback. We hope our quarterbacks get well soon. Uh, we'll end the show. I mean, tight end. Sometimes we don't even talk about tight end. I mean, Evan Ingram. Man, I don't know how many weeks I ranked Evan Ingram as a tight end one, and he does just jack. You know, just absolutely <laughs> nothing. And then I think what is he now? Like the tight end four or five by total points? I think it's four. Uh, where do we? I mean, where do we rank this guy who's playing the Dallas Cowboys this week? I mean, is he back in the? Is he in the top ten? Is Evan Ingram a top ten tight end with all thirty two teams playing? I definitely got him in the top ten. Yeah. It's, it's hard to after scoring twice two weeks in a row, which is that's world class when we talking fantasy tight ends here. And for him to have a career day, uh, regardless of who it was against, uh, he they're showing that they needed him. You know, so I, I got him at tight end uh, seven right now. Was a tight end 11 feels very low. Yeah, I mean, the difference between tight end seven and 11, though, has to be like two points in terms of like what you'd project yeah. them. Maybe well, because- right now I have him behind Cole Komet, who's been a more consistent than Kevin Ingram since Justin Fields became the quarterback. Yeah, I think I... I, I'm a little afraid of this Jaguars offense. They've been beating up on some pretty like mediocre, uh, especially Trevor Lawrence. Like the offense, even like when they didn't play well against the Lions for some reason, Lawrence didn't have like a terrible game in terms of turnovers or whatever. He didn't throw an interception. He hasn't thrown an interception in, like six weeks or something. But in general, they've played the teams like 18, 21, 26, 30, and 31 in EPA per dropback. And he's played well against them. Now he gets the wood chipper, man. This is, the, I think, it's the hardest matchup in the league. So, yeah, da- Dallas is second against tight ends in fantasy. He'll follow that up against the Jets, who are inside the top ten against tight ends in fantasy. So it's gonna be, you know, it's it's gonna be tough if you if you was fortunate enough to start him the past couple of weeks, you might wanna, you know, just cut your losses. But at the same time tight ends be so random and they could do numbers against literally anybody like the, the, yes, the even some good defenses like don't even care about stopping tight ends right exactly like the 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 cowboys going to be locking up like Christian Kurt and Zay Jones you know and i just checked unfortunately Ruining our argument, the Cowboys are bottom five in tight end fantasy points. Oh, man. Uh, You sure? Yeah. Unfortunately, I wish it weren't true. Well, no, that's good. No, 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 bottom five. They've allowed bottom five fantasy points against tight ends. When you say bottom five, are you saying they have allowed the fifth most or the fifth least? I don't know. Least. Fifth least. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He said nearly the same thing. 
Well, now that I'm now that it's updated, I don't. I'm I'm looking at football databases. They got Dallas as the after week fourteen now because I guess it updated after the Monday night game. They have Dallas at number one. So whatever it is, they're elite against tight ends. So there you go. Yeah. So Evan Ingram, it's gonna be Evan Ingram and the infinite sadness. I feel like this week, but yeah, I do. I mean, most tight ends are infinite sadness though. So that's why I I have to start them. I, I mean, yeah, you, you kind of have to start him, but uh, I don't know. You got <laughs> name, Chig. Name three tight ends that aren't infinite sadness. I can name you two. I, I, name can, I can't. I don't know if I can name any. Even Travis Kelsey's kind of been sadnessing a bit. Uh, I, I'm not going to. I think Mark Andrew's stock is going down. Yeah, I, I think both of them are not infinite sadness. They're semi sadness. Yeah, it's true. They're just a little bit of sadness. Uh, but I mean, you could argue they're infinite sadness because they're the only ones who are supposed to be good. Now even they are haven't been amazing. It's infinite. I, I'm still we're we're holding the faith with them, although I do feel a little less faith holding with Mark Andrews, but Yeah, well, I feel a little less faith in continuing the show. It's time to end instead of just yelling about tight ends, because they don't matter. They're gonna be banned in fantasy soon anyway. I uh, won't even have to talk about them next year. So uh yeah, great show. A lot a lot of uncertainty this week. That's what having 32 teams play will do. Uh, we got Lawrence's Flex Finder coming up this week. We yeah, Kyle's 30, 32 stats. You guys have a, you guys have a live show Thursday evening. That is correct, right? Kyle's yeah. got a live show Saturday, Friday afternoon with Crane. You're still doing that, right? Yes. <laughs> right, folks. We don't know what's going on. Yeah, I got my rankings going live on Thursday morning. Uh, we got all sorts of stuff. Keep it locked on the site. A lot of injuries this week. A lot of news to sift through. So for Lawrence Jackson, for Kyle Dvorak, I'm Patrick Doherty. Thank you for listening. We'll be back later in the week. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.